We meet today in Isaiah chapters 19 and chapter 20. The burden of Egypt through gloom to glory. Chapters 13 to 23 present 11 judgments against nations that surrounded the nation Israel. The burden of Egypt is the sixth burden. Egypt is certainly one nation we would expect to find on this list. This is one of the greatest passages that illustrates the accuracy of the word of God. Certainly, fulfilled prophecy is proof that the Bible is the word of God. No nation figures more prominently on the pages of Scripture than Egypt in its relationship to Israel. Egypt has a longer history than any other nation mentioned in Scripture, including Israel. In fact, it was down in the land of Egypt that the nation Israel was born. Seventy people from the family of Jacob journeyed there, and 400 years later, they left Egypt with at least a million and a half people. Egypt was an old nation at that time. It has had a continuous history right to the present day. It is in existence today and plays a prominent part in world events and here in Africa. It has a glorious future predicted now in this chapter. This chapter contains all the elements which enter into the history of the nation, its past, present, and its future. Egypt came into prominence early in Scripture when Abraham ran away from Egypt and got into difficulties. Later, Joseph was sold into Egypt, and during a famine, Jacob and his sons went down into Egypt with their families. There Israel became a great nation, as slaves in the brickyards. Later on, after the children of Israel returned to the promised land, two of their kings, Ahaz and Hezekiah, made an alliance with Egypt and found her to be an unreliable ally. During the intertestamental period between Malachi and Matthew, Israel suffered grievously at the hand of Egypt. When the Lord Jesus Christ was born, he was taken down into Egypt. The gospel made many converts in Egypt during the first three centuries of the Christian era. Out of that section of North Africa came three great saints of the church who actually formed the much of our theology today. Athanasius, Origen, and Augustine. And even others are included. In our day, Egypt has been a thorn in the side of the new nation, Israel. But let us look at fulfilled prophecy concerning Egypt. The burden against Egypt. Behold, the Lord rides on a swift cloud and will come into Egypt. The idols of Egypt will totter at his presence and the heart of Egypt will melt in its midst. Isaiah 19 verse 1. You see, history bears testimony to the fact that Egypt was originally monotheistic, that is, they worshipped one God, but they gradually lapsed into the basest sort of idolatry, where every creature under heaven was worshipped, including the bull, the frog, the, the scarab, 
or the bug, the fish, and all sorts of birds. They worshipped the rivers. When Moses was ready to deliver the children of Israel from Egypt, God had to carry on a warfare, which I call the battle of the gods, in which God, through Moses, brought down plagues upon Egypt. Jehovah struck at all forms of idolatry in Egypt, from the sun in the heavens and the river Nile to frogs and lice in the land. Each plague was directed against one of the gods or idols of Egypt. Now God comes down again in a cloud like a chariot to destroy the idols of Egypt. Now it is interesting to know that idolatry has long since disappeared from the land of Egypt, though the people dwell in the ignorance and superstition of the Muslim religion, Isaiah's prophecy was fulfilled. I will set Egyptians against Egyptians. Everyone will fight against his brother and everyone against his neighbor, city against city, kingdom against kingdom. Isaiah 19 verse 2. At about the time of Isaiah, Several pharaohs arose who could no longer control this great kingdom, and the army no longer obeyed them. The people no longer respected the government. They caused the setting up of the weak city-states and were self-governing for a period of time. For this reason, there were great cities such as Thebes and Karnak in Upper Egypt, and in Lower Egypt there was another cluster of great cities. There was a breakup of cities also at Memphis, known in scripture as North. The spirit of Egypt will fail in its midst. I will destroy their council, and they will consult the idols and the charmers, the mediums and the sorcerers. Isaiah 19 verse 3. You see, the proud nation of Egypt had advanced its civilization much further than other nations. There came a time when Egypt tended to idols and finally, in desperation, resorted to spiritism. You find that at the time of Moses, for instance, the magicians who were called in could actually duplicate some of the miracles that Moses did. The time came when they could no longer duplicate what Moses did. But what they did at first reveals the fact that they were not fakers. They actually had satanic powers. And the Egyptians I will give into the land of a cruel master, and a fierce king will rule over them, says the Lord of hosts. Isaiah 19 verse 4. Now this cruel master cannot be positively identified from Israel as Egypt was attacked and subdued by a series of invaders who eventually reduced the nation to poverty. Cruel master probably means Esarhaddon of Assyria who defeated Egypt in 671 BC. The waters will fail from the sea and the river will be washed and dried up. Isaiah 19 verse 5. The sea in this verse refers to the river Nile, which was the main artery of the nation and a larger body of water. 
The rivers are the canals that were built especially at the mouth of the river. That delta area had to be kept open in that day because so much soil was being brought down by the river Nile. The rivers will turn foul. The brooks of defense will be emptied and dried up. The reeds and rushes will wither. Isaiah 19 verse 6. Now those who have traveled to the land of Egypt tell us that they get amazed to see that there is no great growth of vegetation along the banks of the Nile now. There is no forest or heavy foliage such as is common along the other great rivers. You see, the prophecy is fulfilled. Now notice what God says specifically. The papyrus reeds by the river, by the mouth of the river, and everything sown by the river will wither, be driven away, and be no more. Isaiah 19 verse 7. Now the papyrus reeds involved one of the main industries of Egypt, and it added a great deal to the wealth of that land. After clay tablets, papyrus became the writing material of man. The Phoenicians introduced the papyrus all over the civilized world of their day, and the main source of this writing material was raised along the Nile River. Today, the papyrus reed is gone from the banks of Nile. It is not anywhere there. God said it would cease. It would be no more. The fishermen also will mourn. All those will lament who cast hooks into the river, and they will languish who spread nets on the waters. Isaiah 19 verse 8. The fishing, the industry, was a great one in Egypt as the Nile abounded in fish. Now the fish have disappeared, and to this day, fishing is not one of the industries along the Nile. This prophecy was literally fulfilled. God said that the fishermen would mourn and lament because they wouldn't catch anything. Moreover, those who work in fine flax and those who wave fine fabric will be ashamed. Isaiah 19 verse 9. You see, Egypt raised the flax and they wove it into remarkable linen. It was this Egyptian linen that was used in Israel's wilderness tabernacle. The people had brought that wonderful linen with them. Now God said that that industry would disappear, and it certainly has disappeared. This prophecy has been literally fulfilled, and its foundations will be broken. All who make wages will be troubled of soul. Isaiah 19 verse 10. The entire fishing industry was to disappear. This too has been fulfilled. All of that has disappeared. Surely the princes of Zoan are fools. Pharaoh's wise counselors give foolish counsel. How do you say to Pharaoh, I am the son of the wise, the son of ancient kings? Isaiah 19 verse 11. This verse tells us that the royal line of the Pharaohs will also be fooled because they will not get good counsel. We know that the Pharaohs intermarried so much, actually brother married sister, and that produced offsprings who were morons. God said 
the princes of Zion have become fools. The princes of North are deceived. They have also deluded Egypt. We all know the sordid story of Cleopatra, a Greek, who became even a queen of Egypt. The Lord has mingled a perverse spirit in her midst, and they have caused Egypt to err in all her work as a drunken man staggers in his vomit. Isaiah 19 verse 14. Here this is a vivid picture of the reduction of Egypt to a base kingdom. Egypt has been reduced. Neither will there be any work for Egypt, which the head or tail, palm branch or bulrush may do. Isaiah 19 verse 15. Now according to this verse, there would be the failure of industry and commerce. They would die and poverty and wretchedness would overtake that nation. Isaiah has predicted that there will be failure of false religion, failure of material resources, and failure of spiritual power. When these disappeared, the prophecy that Egypt would become a best kingdom was fulfilled. So we have looked at all the fulfilled prophecy, but let us also look into the future concerning the unfulfilled prophecy. In that day, Egypt will be like women and will be afraid and fear because of the waving of the hand of the Lord of hosts, which he waves over it. Isaiah 19 verse 16. Again, the phrase in that day places this section into the future. In that day, Egypt will be afraid like women. That will be their condition. When they go into the great tribulation period, they will be gripped with fear. And the land of Judah will be a terror to Egypt. Everyone who makes mention of it will be afraid in himself because of the counsel of the Lord of hosts, which he has determined against it. Isaiah 19 verse 17. Now you may be thinking that this verse is being fulfilled in our day. When we see the buildings in Egypt like the museum at Cairo, which is sandbagged and protected against bomb attacks, my friend, listen again. In that day, five cities in the land of Egypt will speak the language of Canaan and swear by the Lord of hosts. One will be called the city of destruction. Isaiah 19 verse 18. You see, this entire section looks towards the day of the Lord for a complete fulfillment. Then the Lord will be known to Egypt and the Egyptians will know the Lord in that day and will make a sacrifice and offering. Yes, they will make a vow to the Lord and perform it. And the Lord will strike Egypt. He will strike and heal it. And they will return to the Lord and he will be entreated by them and heal them. What a future. Isaiah 19 verse 21 and verse 22. Egypt has a glorious future, my friend. This nation will enter and enjoy the kingdom with Israel. It may not look like this today in our present hour because we see the Islamic religion has just taken over, but they will offer sacrifices to the Lord. They will so Egypt has a glorious future here. 
Again, in that day, we are told, there will be a highway from Egypt to Assyria, and the Assyrian will come into Egypt, and the Egyptian into Assyria, and the Egyptians will serve with the Assyrians. Isaiah 19 verse 23. You see, this highway will not be for soldiers and armies, but for those going to Jerusalem to serve Christ the King. They will travel in that way. And you see, Israel, Jerusalem is right between them. In that day, Israel will be one of three with Egypt and Assyria, a blessing in the midst of the land, whom the Lord of hosts shall bless, saying, Blessed is Egypt, my people, and Assyria, the work of my hands, and Israel, my inheritance. Isaiah 19, verse 24 to verse 25. You see, my friend, a blessing is yet to come to Egypt, a despised and debased nation. Isaiah sees a time when Israel will be a partner and an ally of her former enemies, and together they will become a blessing to all the inhabitants of the earth. Isaiah promises that one day the God of Israel will be the God not only of the Arab and the Jewish nations, but also of the whole world and Egypt includes Africa here. The one great thought in chapter 20 now as we move to that chapter is that in three years Israel will be inverted. Chapter 19 is closed on a high note of future blessing for Egypt in the millennial kingdom and now this chapter predicts coming events in the near future which will prove the reliability of Isaiah as a prophet of God. In the year that Tatan came to Ashdod, when Sargon the king of Assyria sent him and fought against Ashdod and took it. Isaiah 20 verse 1. Now Tatan was a general in the Assyrian army mentioned in 2 Kings 18 verse 17. Ashdod was a city in the northern kingdom of ten tribes. Sargon succeeded Shalmaneser according to 2 Kings 17 verse 3. So Tatan here was sent to Ashdod by Sargon who ruled in 722 to 705 BC. He was sent to Ashdod after the people refused to pay their annual tribute. This is a record of the Ashdod rebellion. And of course, this happened in 714 to 711 BC. Egypt had been plotting a revolt against Syria since 719. In Jerusalem, there were both a pro-Egyptian and a pro-Assyrian party. Hezekiah leaned in the direction of the former party. The revolt was headed up by Ashdod, a city of Philistia. Isaiah opposed this alliance on the same grounds on which he opposed the 735 BC alliance of Ahaz with Assyria. He preached the folly of placing trust in Egypt to conquer God's enemies. This is the only place now. Even the name Sargon is also mentioned in the Bible. Archaeologists discovered that the Assyrian form of his name is Sharukin, and abandoned historical materials concerning his reign have come down to us. His place contained 
numerous inscriptions concerning his reign, including a description of this very campaign against Ashdod. At the same time, the Lord spoke by Isaiah the son of Amos, saying, Go and remove the sackcloth from your body and take your sandals off your feet. And he did so, walking naked and barefoot. Isaiah 20 verse 2. Now, here Isaiah was to become a walking parable to Israel as a warning not to become confederate with Egypt, not to enter into the alliance with Egypt. He was to walk naked like a captive as a sign that Assyria would subdue Egypt and Ethiopia. Now, a question is, uh, is asked here. Did God allow that Isaiah walks completely naked? Well, probably Isaiah was not asked to go in the nude. You see, clothing was and is so essential to the customs of the East and nudity is so revolting that it is obvious that this was not intended. Isaiah was to lay aside his outward tunic of mourning because it says, remove your sackcloth. He had been preaching all along, putting on his sackcloth, and so he was to remove that one. This would attract immediate and startling attention to the prophet. It would enable now Isaiah to make his point publicly. It is also well to note the words of F. Dillich at this point. He says, what Isaiah was therefore directed to do was simply opposed to common custom, not to moral decency. Then the Lord said, Just as my servant Isaiah has walked naked and barefoot three years for a sign and a wonder against Egypt and Ethiopia. Isaiah 20 verse 3. Isaiah was to walk through Israel to let them know what would happen to Egypt. As he walked, we are told, he would be for a sign and a wonder for the people. Isaiah 20 verse 4. So shall the king of Assyria lead away the Egyptians as prisoners and the Ethiopians as captives, young and old, naked and barefoot, with their buttocks uncovered, to the shame of Egypt. You see, since Egypt could not protect herself, nor could Ethiopia, she would not be a reliable ally for Israel. Both Egypt and Ethiopia were invaded by Sargon of Assyria, and this shame, which Isaiah has predicted, came upon Egypt. This book and the story of Isaiah the story of Egypt confirms further and further that we can rely on the word of God because we have the proof here of fulfilled prophecy. Do you believe the word of God? God is not a man that he should lie. He is not the son of man that he should repent. He stands with his word. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please send a WhatsApp message or SMS to plus two seven seven two six four one four four seven five. 
Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. I'll repeat that number for you. It's country code 27 followed by 72641-4475. From within South Africa, it's 072-641-4475.